See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Hello, hello to all you in listener land, podcast listener land. Uh, my name is Mao. This is Slow Robot Agogo, show number 12. And I'm coming to you from the land of K-pop and people that don't know how to use an indoor voice. I have been away for two weeks. Um, I visited the land of the rising sun, wonderful Japan, and it was a very glorious and fruitful endeavor as far as me bringing back old vinyl records and a old Super Famicom, which is what the their version of the Super Nintendo. That's right, I said the Super Nintendo. So, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. Of course, I, uh, my vacation was, like, a day before work started, so I'm the uh, the glory of my vacation has since worn off, and now I have that stunned look of horror as I've just gone through my first day back teaching children who don't care about English. So anyway, um, I have been watching and kind of doing research on two movies for uh, Slow Robot, and I wasn't sure which one I wanted to do first. Um, I, I picked out Invasion of the Saucermen uh, from 1957, and then the other one I was looking at was Space Master X7. Um, and I really wasn't sure which one I wanted to do, and then I remembered um, some of the glory from Invasion of the Saucermen, uh, and the glory being a young Frank Gorshin uh, being a drunk. And that's all I really needed, and that made it insanely awesome. So, I'll go, I'll do a quick summary of the movie, uh, and then I'll talk about some of the things I really, that really struck me, some of the things I thought were great. Um, apparently it was also known as, um, Hell's Creatures, and they released it on a, uh, on a double bill with which one was it? It was something... Uh, hold on. It was, it was, like, released with, like, a werewolf. Teenage werewolf. I was a teenage werewolf. I think that's the one it was. Yeah, I was a teenage werewolf was the American International Pictures released uh, with the tagline, We dare you to see the most amazing pictures of our time. So, yay for that. Uh, this is... I don't think it was the first, but it really was... Um, one of the first of the uh, Teens Save the Day movement of the fi- late 50s, early 60s. Um, apparently before that, things were saved by actual things like governments and you know, policemen, scientists. Scientists were big. I think the scientists, scientists and teenagers vied for who was actually saving the world for many decades. And now they are just common fodder as everyone else is. So basically, this is a teen, teens save the day, even though the teens are all obviously in their 30s. Um, 
long story short, uh, a spaceship lands in the woods near uh, Lover's Lane, um, and the two young lovers, uh, Johnny Carter, who is played by Stephen Terrell, and Joan Hayden, um, you know, they're going out and they're going to Lover's Lane to make out or whatever, and they turn their lights out because there's an ornery uh, uh, farmer who's protecting his livestock, and I'll get into him later. Uh, so they hit this alien. Basically, they hit one of the aliens running around, and and then shenanigans ensue. So, basically, okay, one of the first things that, I, that actually struck me about the movie is uh, the opening credits are done flipping pages of a book. And, you know, the first thing says, this is a true story about a, science, about a UFO. And and um, as they're flipping, the credits are, are are drawn on this, on the book. And there's a narrator going, going uh, you know, talking about the, you know, his experience. And, and then it's fading in and out. Narration is kind of fading in and out through, throughout the movie. Originally, I thought they did that for, um, because of the ba- bad boom mics. But that wasn't really the case because I mean, a lot of B movies, when there's when there's voiceover, it's because they they couldn't afford decent um, audio on the sets, and they just did it in post. Like they had to. The, it was some muddy, crappy audio, and the stars had already drank away their money or left town after seeing the edited version of the movie they were in. But that wasn't the case. The audio was actually really good, and and on this movie, it was the movie takes place in the course of one night. And I believe all of it, if not all of it, most all of it, you know, 90-something percent of it is done on a studio soundstage. So this, the lighting is good. It's not that, obviously, this is daytime except we turn the lights on our car. Um, you know, it, it's, it's done really well. It's shot really well. So it's not your typical um, bad B-movie. Uh, bad as far as, like, the technical technical um competency of it so um basically as i said you know there's a young couple johnny carter and joan hayden uh, now johnny carter is played by a fellow named stephen terrell uh upon looking reading up about stephen terrell i was like well wait a minute this guy he did nothing after the late like, 60s you know he, he was in a lot of stuff but he was he, he just stopped and I was like, well, did he die? And I looked, and he was, he was, he's still alive today. And after doing some further research on our friend Google um, and, and, and reading what people were saying about it, he just, um, he, he, he didn't like the way um, movies were going. Not his movies. He didn't like the way the industry was going, so he walked away from it. And now he does, or he was writing books and writing screenplays and, 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 and um, you know, production troops and stuff like that. Which I thought was very noble. I mean, I kind of was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Usually, um, people that have success stay long past their due, or they die of some kind of weird thing. Um, his love interest, uh, Gloria Castillo, um, died at the age of 45, but I could not find out why or how. And so, the, those two are the stars. Um, there's like a, there's like a couple plot lines going on at the same time. Uh, Frank Gorshin and uh, Raymond Hatton 
no, no, not Ray Manhattan, I'm sorry. And um, Lynn Osborne, Lynn is a man. Uh, so Frank Gershom plays Joe Gruden, and Lynn Osborne plays Artie Burns. They're two, like, um, uh, con men. They don't say con men, but they're kind of like those go into a town and try and make money and then leave. Frank Gershom, uh, Gershom, Gorshin. God, I butcher his name even though I love him so much. Okay, so Frank Gorshin is um, playing the town, not the town lush, but he's drunk and drinking all the time, and and he's being what he is, which is pure awesome. And uh, he goes out for a night of fun while... Um, Artie Burns goes back to the to the hotel and says, "Look, this is a dead town. We're we're rolling out in the morning." So the kids go to make up point and they hit this little big-headed alien. Uh, the aliens look a lot like Morbo from Futurama, and I love Morbo's character uh, in Futurama. So I was like, "Yes, you know, basically little green guys with gigantic heads." Um, and the kids hit this thing, and and then they run to this ornery, um, the ornery farmer's house to call the cops. Uh, in the meantime, Frank Gershon, uh, Joe Joe Gruden, who is Frank Gershon's character, is drunk driving around. Why he would be driving drunk driving around on Lover's Lane by himself? Just let it go. He sees this thing and it's like oh we're gonna be millionaires so he goes to to call his friend you know Artie and saying oh i'm bringing this thing back and you know come you know empty out the refrigerator so i can so we'll be millionaires or whatever you know and his buddy's like oh, okay whatever and he kind of hams it up and lots of the bad sound effects things like uh, to, to induce comedy um and then frank goes into the woods, and the aliens kill him with needles filled with high alcohol levels. That's how they kill. They stab repeatedly and inject people with lots of alcohol, and they die of alcohol poisoning. Part of the comedy relief throughout this entire movie is the ornery farmer who um, says lots of things like, Carn Sarnet and you reference rebel kids, and you know he walks around with the shotgun cocked over his arm um, for the kids to get off his land, and you'll get Bessie, my prize bull, drunk. That kind of fodder. And I was like, okay, who's this guy? I looked up Mr. Raymond Hatton, and he has over 500 films to his credit. And I went, what? Turns out he was born in 1899 or, 18, or like late, 19, late 1800s, and he was part of the silent movie, um, you know, film, uh, and he did so many movies. I can only assume that he was just this drunk farmer in every movie. Uh, he he put it on autopilot, and those consarnet kids better not run over Bessie, and that was the running gag on that thing. Now, when I was watching this movie, um, oh, and the, so the, the kids, the kids call the cops. The cops don't believe them, and then, then they they go in and they're like, "Oh, you did run over. You ran over." The aliens faked it and made it look like instead of running over their alien friend, that they ran over uh, young Frank Gorshin. So the cops pull them in, and of course, these crazy teens are talking about running over um, uh, aliens. 
when really the and then the cops are talking about running over a man you know and all the meanwhile there's also a third plot line going on where the the military's in there and they're investigating this this um they're investigating and they you know they're cracking open this this uh spaceship you know and they're going to cover it up so you have the young lovers not being believed you have uh Frank Gershon dying and his friend kind of coming in and out of the plot aimlessly you have the drunk farmer and then you have the um the army so the army blows up the um they arc weld it open and it blows up so they push it in they push it into a ditch and cover it with dirt not unlike China does with high speed trains that crash so basically the government's doing its thing teenagers are making out and uh people aren't believing the ones that are trying to save the world long story short they basically you know oh well, wait let me let me drop in a little bit of audio i i did two audio clips one is the teens when no one will believe them and they have to rally their troops and do it themselves i'm going to drop that in then i'll finish out then i'll do the intro so here is the teens and by golly they've got to do something daddy he came through again So basically, the the ending of the movie is, you know, uh, spoiler alert from 1957. Basically, the end of the movie is um, they discover that um, that light kills these things, these aliens, and they discover this because uh, Frank Gershom's um, friend, Frank Gershom's dead now, and his friend um, kind of buys into their story and goes with them because he's going to take pictures and make be a millionaire. You know, he's the the constant uh, uh, con man. And he gets, he discovers it because he takes a flash of of one of the, like, one of their hands got severed off. The original one that got hit by the teenagers. The hand got severed. And the hand grew an eye and was crawling around. Well, it didn't grow an eye, it had an eye. And it was crawling around and it punctured the car tire. That's why they had to go call the cops. So, um, Artie takes a picture and it goes poof and it disappears. So they go, oh, light kills it. Well, then um, he's off wandering around in the woods, as you often do at night when there's aliens around, and they stab him full of those needles. And they're going to, like, eat him? I don't know. They're, like, kind of, they're kind of, like, gathered around him, but they're kind of hovering, not doing anything. Um, and then the kids come in, and they all, and he does, and he, he honks the horn, in that dun 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 dun, dun that's his sign. That's his signal. What all the all the kids are supposed to turn on their headlights, and then they do, and the aliens explode, and then uh, a drunk Artie wakes up, and he doesn't remember anything and this stuff. So, and that's the end, and the kids save the day. 
and there's a lot of shenanigans that I'm leaving out just because when you watch it, at first I watched it and I was, and I'm like, why are they playing that music? It had that like, I don't know, 50s um, television show like humor track going on and the music was kind of upbeat and jokey and I'm like, this is like a sci-fi, right? And and I, and I kept on thinking if this music wasn't here, I'd be I'd be kind of taking it seriously. And come to find out, they they originally wrote it wrote they originally wrote it up. They wrote it as a um, serious movie, and then somewhere along the lines, they just said, "Eh, let's make it a comedy." Like mid shoot, they just like, "Nah, this is not going nowhere. Let's just." You know, probably when Frank Gorshin showed up actually drunk, they were just like, screw it, it's a comedy now, and then just let him go be himself. And, um, because if it would have been reshot with, or if the music would have been different, it would have had a much different tone. Like, I watched it for a while as, like, an actual one, and I was like, I don't think they're taking this seriously, you know. And then when the drunk farmer came out and you're messing with Bessie, I'm like, okay, now I see where this is going. But um, it could have been edited much differently. And also, um, so okay, at the end, then he says, well, that's my story, and you can embellish stories, and then the end credits are on the other end of the page. Like, it, it does a bookend like you're, like it was going through a story of a book. And I like that a lot. Actually, I've seen it done once or twice, but this one kind of had a very cool feel to it. And it turns out that the person who was the narrator was Artie Burns. It wasn't the teenagers. It was just the um, the drunk friend of drunk Frank Gershon. So, good movie. Very fun movie. It's a, it's one of those where you watch it and you can tell that it's influenced a lot of movies, but it's not thought of um, in the high-ranking you know sci-fi world. I mean, people know who it, what it is. People know the the movie when you when you say Invasion of the Saucer Men, but most people don't like credit it for moving the genre forward. Even though obviously some parts of it did influence other things. You know, like I said before, it it influenced the you know Futurama's Morbo. So people that like sci-fi know the movie. There was a lot, um, not left out, but there was a lot of goofy stuff in it. Um, Overall, I would definitely say this is one that you'd probably want to buy. Um, it's going to be probably three bucks, you know, <laughs> in a bin somewhere. It should be part of everyone's collection, in my opinion. Um, you know, basically, it was, like I said before, it was made in 1957. Um, it was uh, released by International uh, American International Pictures. And uh, it was just a lot of fun, you know. I didn't really, uh, once I realized what they were doing, you know, and how, and how they were shooting it, I rewatched it a second time. Um, not not that it confused me or anything like that, but, you know, I wanted to, I kind of went into it in a serious mode, and then I rewatched it for what it was, just being a silly movie. And it was, and I enjoyed it a lot, you know. I'm leaving out a lot of the... Uh, military buffoonery and the uh I really can't overstate the consarnate you kids get off my land um uh, farmer I can't talk about him enough he is out of control but I guess after you've done 400 movies and you're on your 450th you're kind of just like okay I got this down just go 
go talk to the other people. Uh, as I said, the I mean, I want to look up his age when he did this one. That Stephen Terrell, um, let's see, he was born in 1929, and this is 57, 29, 39, 49. Yeah, so he was um, not a teenager. <laughs> When he was a teenager in this, it was it was blatantly obvious that it was it was going through their uh, 90210 phase, and they um, obviously were much older than these young teens that were seeing flying saucers and you wacky kids. So, okay, that's all I'm gonna have for that one. Uh, it's kind of a slow show, or it's a slow show, and it's also a short show. I am. Um, I'm really having a tough time kind of getting back into the swing of things. I don't know why. You go away for two weeks and you come back and you, I'm just kind of like, ugh. You know, I, I, I feel bad for not doing a show for two weeks, but uh, now I feel bad because this show isn't as funny as I wanted it to be. So, you know, all this, all this pressures of podcast uh, is getting to me. That's not true at all. I've already watched the, my next show, which is going to be, a, a, you know, Space Master X7. That's a, it's a very good movie. That's a more serious tone than this one. Um, hopefully, uh, my sidekick Val, who I'm gonna just stop calling him an e, uh, like an e-listener. He's just gonna be like you know my co-producer. I don't I don't know why I would even bother not saying that. Uh, my co-producer and co-on-screen uh, air talent uh, Val will. I uh, hopefully he'll send in. Um, some info that he has or some reflections he has about this one and of course the next one Space Master um, that one's a very interesting watch so okay I've uh, I guess that's gonna be it I'm gonna put the intro on which was uh, the end scene where they the kids blew up the aliens and then the the arty acting drunk and where am I what happened and uh, he does not come across as drunk as well as uh, Frank does as you'll see when you watch the movie okay well I hope you enjoyed it I am going to get back into the swing of things and probably try and do the next one this weekend Uh, please tell your friends if they like B-movies and bad movies to tune me in and listen I hope to be on iTunes in the near future I talked with some folks back home that do that type of thing um, I can't do that from Korea. It says, wait, you're not in America. And I say, yeah, you're right. And it doesn't listen to me anymore. So they're going to uh, upload my shows, hopefully on Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle and blah, blah, blah on iTunes. So hopefully I'll get out there um, a little bit more. I would, I'm, uh, Please check out my travel blog at kimchiagogo.wordpress.com. Uh, tell your friends about slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com and all the other fodder I've been slinging. At this point, I reluctantly say to listen to, uh, check out bunchofdorks.com, but that show is dead for a month and a half, and I have fears that it might be the lim- l- the, the lumbering horse that has yet has to get a bullet put in it, but, uh, no one, but no one wants to shoot it. I'm not sure yet on that one, but... Maybe not. Uh, you know, it's been it's it's an old show. It's been going on for a long time, so maybe just a break. Although usually breaks uh, in that type of thing turn into not doing them anymore. I'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll probably do a solo show for the bunch of dorks project, and if upload it and see if it gets any hits or if any anyone listens to it and go from there. 
Okay, this is Mao signing off. Um, if you have any suggestions, please um, send me. You know, go on the website and put in the comments any movies you'd like me to do. I wanted to do uh, Godzilla upon my return of uh, return from Japan because I thought that would be ch uh, classic. But I'm kind of saving that one. Uh, you know, I, this show hasn't really hit its stride yet, and I think once I I'm working with Val, uh, Val you know, in studio, it, it'll probably um, get a whole different feel. And y y sometimes stuff like that, like Godzilla, is really near and dear to my heart, so I'm probably gonna not do that one until uh the show's rolling and everything's clicking along better. Um uh and other than that, I'm happy to be back. I hope you are happy to hear my stupid comments about bad movies and I look forward to hearing from you. Also if you want to do a logo, my show is sorely in need of a dumb looking robot and I need one bad. Okay. This is Mouse signing off and saying you know, if you run over a little green alien, just keep going. Hey, what's happened? Where am I? Huh? You're all right. Little green men had you, but we burned them up. Wow, what a buzz I got on. Is this some kind of a gag? Hello, Johnny. Just like his roommate. Do you get a joke? Acute alcoholism. These monsters killed the victims by sticking them with alcohol. Pure alcohol. And why didn't he get them like Joe Groom? Let me finish. You don't happen to die unless you're already loaded. And if you are, that's it. Too much, I just had too much. Hey, what? What's going on here? How did I get here? What is it? Some kind of a joke? You've got to remember. Remember. So no use, Johnny. He won't remember a thing of what's happened. Yeah, just like anybody else who's been on a bench. Now you keep listening to me. You've got my bull drunk. I'm gonna take the law into my own hands.